that Vera? She's under fire. Did, did, did she record that in the 30s, did she? Yeah. Wow. So, yes, Vera Lynn, 1939. There's nobody here remember Vera Lynn. Yeah, no, I <laughs> okay. went there because right, it's got that. <laughs> Especially with the sound effects. Yeah. Could you hear bombs and planes? Was that just me? Do you remember that she said we'd meet again? Do you know why the song is so famous, right? Because yeah. of the war. The war. Yeah. Because of the war, yeah. Did you know she passed away in 2020? Yes. 103. Oh, she. That's yeah, all them, that's all them lucky strike cigarettes. They were good for you. <laughs> they were. They were. <laughs> oh, it's, a, it's, it's a conspiracy. <laughs> good evening. Listeners, uh, welcome to Music, Movies and Madness. And this week, we have our usual panel. We have uh, David. Hello. G'day, mate. We have Martin. Hello. Hey, mate. Glenn. Hello. Hello. And uh, we're going to take, for those that don't have not listened to the podcast yet, it's a show where we review an album and a movie from, mostly from a particular year. We shake it up every now and then. And this week, our challenge has been to go way back, <laughs> like 1930 to uh, 1939, and it was it was good for me because I love that sort of stuff. How did you guys all get on? No, it was quite fun. It's enjoyable, yeah. Yeah, enjoyed yep. diving into it. Yeah, I have indeed. It's been really cool. Okay. Um, Yep, probably the start of the modern era for movies, music, and and madness. And madness. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, because you, you, there's so much technical change, and by the start until what you've got at the end of that decade, plus a yeah, shit well, ton of stuff happened in it as well. Um, well so, we'll get yeah, to it was that. fascinating. Yeah, mm. good. Dave, did you deal with it all right? Yeah, mate. I... Um... I made the kids sit through my movie. Oh, um, let's just say that it was a bit of a mish for my eleven-year-old. He yeah. he thought that um, he thought the movie was 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 extremely um, odd, and mm. <laughs> I can't blame him. Actually, I thought yeah. parts of it would be far better received if I'd smoked a bit of you know what. Um, before switching it on, it was Port Royal. Pretty out there, eh? And I'll get to it later, but yeah, it was one of those movies that um, it's definitely aimed at much younger children. I'd say max sort of seven or eight. Uh, after mm. that, they start to cringe and go, "What is this all about?" So that was my experience with my movie and my my song songs. Um, loves it, loves it. That's it's a yeah, good. it's a magical era. It is a magical era. I listen to a lot of uh, music, and I I really love thirties, forties. I, I quite like some of the twenties stuff as well. Um, so I, for me, that's why I chose it because I really enjoy it. I thought it might be interesting uh, because most of the reviews we've done on the, over the last year, I would say most of the uh, the years we've covered music is quite. Um, I don't know how to describe it, but there's, it's, it's very produced. It's big. There's lots of instruments, technology, sound. There's lots of 
money in it. There's lots of everything going on. And I think the further back you get, you start to strip some of those layers, layers away. And that can be quite an interesting thing, layers. And uh, I'd be interested to see how you, you guys have dealt with that because you don't listen to a lot of that sort of music, do you, generally? No, 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 no. It's a bit far back for me. Yep. Even Martin on the pianos, you don't delve into a bit of that jazzy stuff? Some of it, yeah. I mean, from time mm. to time. But, uh, you know, for my own personal experience, it's never usually the original versions. So that's something I've tried to do tonight was actually go right back oh, to the nice. original recordings if I could. Nice. Mm. So it's this should be interesting. Yeah, this will be an interesting show. Uh, just a quick brief. I don't want to holler on too much about rubbish, but let's just, uh, what was happening in the 1930s music-wise, Google says there was a lot of big bands and a lot of swing music were popular. Duke Ellington, uh, Benny Goodman, Glenn Miller, uh, these were the most sort of popular band leader kind of dudes. They right were up to the huge, man. Oh, they were massive, yeah. Right up to the 40s, and then you have the breakup of the big bands where you have your artists starting to go solo, uh, your Sinatra's, Sarah Vaughan's, any any of the jazz singers, right? They're all starting to do their thing. Um, so, yeah, big band music. Movies in the 30s. Well, the 30s was known as the Great Depression. Um, and movies were a good way for people to escape. And so was the music. So through that crazy depression and, and madness and sadness and and shit that was going on, you quite often get these really tasty things coming out of that, whether it's music or movies mm. or, you know, poetry, perhaps stories, a way for people to escape. So I think that's nice. Yeah, because the early 30s, definitely the Depression years were um, sort of dominating, uh, particularly um, the West, Western countries. But I think towards the late 30s, and in particular, America was coming out of that. And, you know, excess and sort of indulgence was starting to come back. And you just need to look at sort of the way sort of the Japanese, for example, viewed the Americans leading into World War II. They saw the Americans as these sort of rich, fat cats that were just lazy and sort of over overindulgent. And 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 the swinging mm. the swinging thirties, you know, the dance and dance, um, the advent of um, swing dance and all that sort of thing, and people out there having fun. That started to come back, and I think towards the latter part of that decade. Um, That's right. But then there was a social aspect as well. I mean, we these days we have mobile phones but i guess back then they used to go out and actually socialize and uh and look at each other and strange shit like that i know you know <laughs> like talk like talk to each other and weird stuff like that yeah, yeah, yeah. but um let's let's start the review I'm, I'm really looking forward to this i'd like uh i'd like glenn down in tower to uh -huh. start us off this evening we'll, we'll start with the music eh? how about that sure um yeah, tricky to choose. I've got actually a, a few choice selections of songs. Um, so I'll, I'll queue up the first one. Um, bear with, normally. Um, this sort of thing would be a, a bit of a problem, trying to choose something from this far back. But you know what? Um, did you do a lot of searching or did you I kind did, of just I, grab a name? No, or what, how did, no, what was no, the process? No, no, no. I, I certainly, well... 
I had a look around and went to like, oh, what's the best of the 30s, you know, and and found some playlists. And it was dominated by those big swing bands. And I was like, listen to some of it. I was like, yeah, after a while, it, it, it wasn't me at all. Um, so then I went looking around what else is, what else is about and um, found some really tasty other things that were probably more me. So, um, so I'll play the first one. Um, Brilliant. Okay, here, here it comes. So that's uh, lead belly don't, from don't, about nine. Oh, I was oh, going to guess it. Damn it! Oh, I'm so sorry. That's lead. <laughs> I was actually... lead there's, did you did you know it? No, I was I was thinking Sunny Terry, but it might be way after that. Lead belly. Yeah, th- yep. this is lead belly and lead belly. Um, well, that was one of the earlier recordings. Although he was kind of old by that point, he was an old man, sort of blues singer and um, well, a range of sort of singing. And you can tell, obviously, that is not well recorded. Um, but then again, black artists didn't really get the best of the best, did they? Um, in the 30s, absolutely not. So, yeah. and and guess what the song is? It's the Midnight Special. Um, boom, there it is in all its glory. And Lead Belly's doing that. And I found some other cool stuff of Lead Belly's as well. I'd heard the name before, particularly from Girl, Would You Sleep Last Night? When the Pines, as it's also known as, and that's on Nirvana's um, um, un- unplugged recording, and that's just glorious. And then he guesses at the end, that's a Lead Belly song. And like all of us were like, "Oh, what's Lead Belly?" And yeah, man, <laughs> like Black Betty, you know the song Black Betty, mm-hmm. Lead mm-hmm. Belly. Wow. So I mean, this guy is the shit. He's a, mm-hmm. you know original born in like 1885 or something and died in like 49. So when he recorded that, he was still, he was an old fella. Um, Yeah. Well worth having a look at. If you like your blues and stuff like that, check out Lead Belly and there's some better recordings in the forties. These songs probably date back to the plantations and other things like that. And they're coming through and they're just starting to be recorded. Yeah. And and maybe finding an audience. Yeah. yeah, when you hear the lyrics, yeah, they, they definitely, yeah, I'd say they've been so, passed through the generations, haven't they? Yeah, absolutely. Really interesting about it as well is just the way that he's singing it and playing it. It's like he's not coming in where you think he's going to come in on some of those lines, you know, that when he comes in with the chorus, it's like a beat or two beats earlier than you kind of think where it, where mm. one in, where it would normally come in. Mm. Um, and that's really interesting because nobody does that now, <laughs> you know. Yeah, so always on the beat. Yeah. yeah, 
Um, and there's and there are later recordings of these songs as well, um, and they're different arrangements again. Um, once he, you know, obviously got picked up by some radio stations or something. So, well worth a look at, eh? I actually, and his his the song, you know, where did you sleep last night? Or in the pines is hauntingly chilling and awesome. Let's move over to Martin. How about that? Um, yeah, I've really enjoyed this. Um, it's been a good a good week to do. So I've tried to get a bit of a mix of stuff. Um, and yeah, and I have got a big band one, um, but I'm not going to go with that to start with. Um, so I thought I'd go with is actually from a musical. Um, totally not my thing. Um, and it's a Cole Porter track. <laughs> um, and I, I think for us, we probably know it best as being a track that was used in an Indiana Jones movie. Um, well, so hey. this, is, um, this is Anything Goes. But now God knows anything goes. Good authors, too, who once knew better words, now only use for letter words, writing prose. Anything goes. If driving fast cars, you like There we go, yeah. So I, I prefer I that arrangement to the big, big style. I can actually hear all the words in that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's yeah. hilarious. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, it's it was relevant at the time because it, it literally referenced it referenced people like Mae West and Sam Goldwyn of like West, uh, you know, MGM Studios and stuff like that. So it was kind of like very satirical, uh, very tongue in cheek, um, and in some ways, it's kind of you know, biographic. It kind of you know chronologically goes through things that happened in time, right? And it's the only thing I can think of that was similar to it was like we didn't start the fire by Billy Joel. <laughs> but it's however, true, you know, however like... that's that song is way better than that one. Yeah. And you Granted. can't tap and, and you can't tap dance to Billy Joel. <laughs> Thank, uh, what can you do with Billy? Yeah. Um, oh, funny. Yeah, I just thought um, it was really refreshing to hear it like that. And as you, you know, mm. Ian was saying, like, you know, nowadays everything's so overproduced and stuff. That's just a guy and a singing and a piano. Um, it doesn't get much more kind of stripped back than that, but, you know, in the same way as your lead belly one did. Um, yeah. And who was that? Cole Porter. Oh, that was Cole Porter. Yeah, yeah he was massive again. Yeah. His, mm. song, his song collection is, is huge. Yeah, and a brilliant lyricist, you know, such mm. a good writer. You know, if you yeah. listen to that in terms of how the, the syllables work in the verses, it's really interesting because it's, it's like odd numbers. Like, it, you know, normally when you have a song and you've got like four lines in your verse, each one is the same number of syllables. It might be eight or, you know, 12 or whatever. So he's using like nine in the first two lines and then goes to 10 in the second two lines. So it's, it's different. And then it'll kind of like do seven and then put the other three on the next line of the song and come in early with it. 
So it, it's really interesting the way he's kind of constructed it, put it together, yeah. That's quite scary how he sings, in olden days. And you're like, mate, it's 1930. What? How old is old? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is old, bro. Yeah. So that, that perfect yeah. clipped English kind of tone, you know. Anything. Oh, it was, it, was, it, was, it was very satirical. That's quite fun. Uh, yeah. Love it. David, what have you got lined up for us, Dave? Well, so, okay, we've had um, both, I think both of those tracks from you, Martin, Glenn, are tracks that you could date. You could probably guesstimate roughly where they sort of come in, what decade at least. Um, the one I've chosen, I'm not so sure. Um, I think it's not the Beatles. It's not. <laughs> it's not. But they weren't. They weren't. They weren't alive. alive. <laughs> 1940, I think they were born. David knows their birth dates. <laughs> I had to get it in. <laughs> I had to get it in. My eyelids actually, Martin, on the inside of my eyelids, mate. Um, so this is the poster, well, I think you can safely say the poster child for the swing era, this song. Um, big band. Um, production is immaculate. This is the remastered version, but it's not too different. Um, they really recorded the heck out of this thing. And it's a um, it's an instrumental, it's an orchestra. Uh, and in this piece I'm going to play, which is the opening section, you've got all of the fundamental... Um, sort of musical uh, theory or notation that you you find coming through in the 50s and 60s. Um, so you've got riff, you know, riffs, riff-based composition. In this case, mm -hmm. the brass section absolutely just pulls it all together. And you've got the call and response that, you know, is really well known in jazz. And you can hear that in this first section, that big band sound, um, really epitomizes the jazz era of um, of the 30s actually even earlier sort of that swing swing um music started coming in the 20s didn't it and and sort of went through to the 40s so this is sing 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 this is a cover would you believe 1936 louis primo wrote sing 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 but it wasn't made famous until the year later 37 when benny goodman re-recorded it with this big band sound. Here it is. That drum solo. King of Swing. call and response there oh, oh just fantastic off beats all over the place oh, right yes it's love just, it oh yeah that is swing so um mm. I, I actually, this is actually going to be one of mine as well oh was it yeah but that's cool i, I, I love it it's great when was yeah. when was it recorded 37 37 at 1937 yeah. in I stereo know, i know 
and it's pan, right? And yeah. well, I don't know. I don't, I don't. I don't know if it is actually recorded in the stereo, the original, because I don't think stereo existed in '37. No, I didn't. Didn't think so. In fact, the Beatles. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. No, I'm, this, this wouldn't have been in stereo. This would have been mono back in the day. But you've still got that really big band sound, yeah, right? And, and seriously, the yeah. Um, jump um, on YouTube, um, listeners. Go and have a look at the video of this from '37. It, it's, it's amazing. They had videos back in '37. Oh, of course, mate. They had, um, they had YouTube back in thirty six. VHS. Yeah. yeah totally. Well, what is interesting is obviously you can hear that the American studios, so you know, that's money right there. You can yeah, hear totally. the you can hear the money of a professional <laughs> big studio. That's yeah. epically massive. That's and, right. And no one else in the world probably had <laughs> studios like that. What which part of the country was that's, that recorded that's, that's in? Just, so this is this is so you're you're on the money there, Glenn. This was um, Benny Goodman and his crew performed this tune at the Carnegie Hall in '38, uh, and, yep. and this was the first time a jazz or swing band had hit the stage at that venue, right? Prestigious venue. Um, and he became known as the thing of swing, thing of ling. <laughs> but the drum and, solo in this is what is what it's known for, right? So. Um, it's still one of the best drum solo, jazz drum solos ever, uh, and and I think I counted three solos in this. That the, um, what you just heard, plus there's two more on the way through, and it just, yeah. It's and let's not choice. forget the let's not forget the man, Louis. I mean, Louis, Louis. Prima. Oh, yeah. Prima, yeah. he's incredible. Yep, he's incredible. Yep, yep. I would... What was interesting as well is most like big band swing songs at the time were kind of limited to the four minute format because it would fit on one side of a 78 on a, you know, a 10 78 record uh, this was eight minutes long and it actually was on both sides of the record you had to flip it over halfway wow. to that? Um, but it came about they basically jammed it it was mm. a jam they, they were touring with it and as they kept, kept touring one night the drummer just didn't stop kept going and then benny says well okay i'll just bring the clarinet back in and then the rest of the band basically kind of jumped back in and turned it into this massive solo section so the live one i think was like 12 and a half yeah. minutes or something awesome. so, yeah that'd be yeah. great white musicians jamming who would have thought <laughs> 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 And, and I mean, it's a really good example. That is a great example, Dave, of the of what the 1930s, what the feel of what was going on. Life was tough and hard and not good. And that music gives you the sense to move and dance. And even now, in 2023, you listen to that and you start to bobble your head. You want to... Mm -hmm put on a tux and feel like a gangster and, and go to a, a Gatsby thing. Who wouldn't, right? And it was, yeah, very, very clever. Bugsy Malone. Da, 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 da. Bugsy, anyway. you know, all that <laughs> stuff. <laughs> and also, it's one of those tunes that just be like, if you're doing a movie scene and it's set in the 1930s and it's like Chicago or whatever, boom, that's the song that will come on. Guaranteed. Back to you, Ian. So what did I go for? Well, as I love most of the music from that time, I love the jazz, I love the swing. A lot of it's moodle for me, so it depends what mood I'm in. I can't always listen to swing and I can't always listen to jazz. I went for something that's very close to my heart and it goes a little bit like this. 
That is the wonderful Robert Johnson, and yeah, he's <clears throat> he was the he was a huge influence to to most guitar players, and still is to this day, I would imagine. So a lot like Red Belly, and and in that same sort of vein, one man a guitar slides, lots of weird things going on. There was lots of stories about him meeting the devil at the crossroads and all that sort of stuff, which is always fun, right? Well, and, you know, let, let's be fair. This era had its, you know, it was kind of, dare I say, at the start of celebrity culture and a bit of the old rock and roll coming yeah, through. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, he was, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they do think he was poisoned as a, as a, you know, a bit of a ladies' man. Yes. Um and yeah, rock and roll, but yeah. I'll, I'll give you a really good example of the of the the recording situation there, where his whole career was recorded over three days, nineteen thirty seven, and three days in a hotel room, they converted into a studio, and they sat in one room and recorded, and he was in the other room, and he faced the corner, and off he went. And yeah, very, very low budget, probably lucky to get it down on vinyl, um, 29 songs in total. That was Terraplane Blues. That's the first song he ever recorded for Robert Johnson. And yeah, if you want to, if you like uh, blues music and you want to sort of go back to where it, where it originated, I suppose became popular. That mm. uh, these guys are the ones. You lead belly. You Robert Johnson. Robert Johnson, biggest probably influence on I'd say Keith Richards and Clapton. Oh, um, easy. Yeah, but he's just fantastic. You know, very raw. Um. Anyway, so there you go. That's Robert Johnson. Let's you had that. Down. You had that. You had that CD box of it, eh? When you were I a did. kid, didn't the you? complete recordings. Yeah. Yeah. So he did, he, did, he did 29 songs and he did three versions of each song. And they're all totally different. And it's Yeah, just... yeah, the lead ballet was the same. Yeah. They were same song, but same, same, but different. Mm. It's, it's an interesting. And, and when you, you know, we go that, that far back, they obviously didn't have any sort of tempo, um, like in-ear tempo thing going on. So you listen to the start of his songs and by the end he's at two minutes. <laughs> he's almost doubled in tempo. He's uh, probably going for it. You know, no, he's warming no up. Mm. No click tracks. And uh, I just love that. I just love that strip back. Mm. You know, that's a dude doing what he does best. Um, yeah, give a song too. Glenn, what have you got? Blowing down this old dusty road Yes, 
as I'm a blowing down this old dusty road. I'm blowing down this old dusty road, Lord God, and I ain't gonna be treated this way. That's Woody Guthrie. Woody Guthrie was a travelling troubadour who left his young family to go make some coin. He couldn't stay where he was. He had to go away and get on the road and find whatever work they could. So leaving the Dust Bowl of the Midwest, um, I imagine if the Japanese had seen that part of America, they would have been probably horrified (laughs) uh, because it was pretty poor. Um, (laughs) They only only saw the Hollywood part, the California. Um, They didn't see all all that sad stuff in the middle. And so he wrote what he did and massive influence on folk. Um, And I've won Bob Dylan. Um, mm. who went to see him before he passed away. So and again took all the songs. Yeah. Nicked all the songs. And just yeah, sold yeah. his back catalogue yeah. <laughs> of Woody Guthrie songs. Yeah, he's he's all right too. Yeah. He's all credit to Bob. He's he's had some good ones by himself as well. But you know, good point. Mm. So yes, humongous influence. It's still um, still reigns true today. I mean, here's a guy who had a guitar, and on the guitar it said, this guitar kills fascists. I mean, he, he wow. was stripped. Oh, I know. I mean, it was, wow. you know, he was um, died-in-the-wall communist um, and um, obviously led, you know, a, a, that against a lot of that sort of capitalism and seen the impact of what those big corporations did to the areas of the states and Mm -hmm. that obviously informed his politics and he took that into his songs and out on the road and became a legend so yeah that's Woody Guthrie and Um, again you know the beauty of it you can almost when you're playing it you could really kind of shut your eyes and just imagine going into a tavern and there's him and his mate in a corner on two guitars smashing it out there's no they're just playing and singing with no reverb and auto tune and effects it's just yeah doing the job right absolutely he's got a harmonica mm. <laughs> no surprise and yeah. also i think there was a um, on one of the recordings um sunny terry was on it yeah probably yeah yeah so yeah, yeah no um found that quite fascinating about you know that time and the history and all that so yeah woody guthrie um, very nice yeah. yeah, very nice. Yeah. Martin, song yeah. two. Yeah, uh, song two. Okay, so um, again, for me, um, I know this song from a movie. Um, and um, it's, it's the one that the recording that I own is, is from the Blues Brothers. Um, nice. And uh, this song, yeah, um, Mini the Moocha by Um <laughs> song i love i love i love this performance but the cab calloway of the blues brothers was in his 70s 
and he performed it. God. This is Cab Calloway from 1931. Yeah, no, I didn't think he was uh, that old, eh? Far out. Uh, yeah, he died at 94, I think. Uh, he died at the age of 94. Uh, yeah, sorry, wow. in the year, in 1994, sorry. No way. Yeah, he kept yeah, going for a long time. He was pretty, pretty ancient by that point. Now, you know, I think for, certainly for me, and, and I guess for most people, right, it's like you have this image of like the good old days, right, the 1930s. Okay, yeah, they were clean living and went to church on a Sunday and blah, 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 blah. Mm. Heck no. Heck no. This is a song laden with drug references. It's about womanizing. It's about a, a floozy, basically. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, we'll, we'll kind of have a listen and, and play a bit of Mini the Mooch. Yeah. It's also a character that he brought back in, in, in quite a few different songs. He kept coming back to this character of Mini the Mooch. Yeah. So she actually appears in like quite a few different Cat Calloway songs. Here we go. Folks, now here's a story about Minnie the Moocher. She was a red-hot hoochie-coocher. She was the roughest, toughest rail. But Minnie had a heart as big as a hay whale. Howdy, howdy, ho. Howdy, howdy, ho. Howdy, 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 Loved him though he was cooking. He took her down to Chinatown. He showed her how to kick the gong around. Showed her how to kick the gong. The so yeah, um, the phrase "kicking the gong around" is actually a reference to smoking opium. Ah, so, uh, wow, yeah. hokey cokey, yeah, I bet. And, and smoky, yes, described as cokey, yeah. <laughs> You know oh. what? The more things change, the less things actually do change. I mean, how is that different to a hip hop song? Put some well, different yeah, beats. Right? Put some different beats on it. He's talking about, yeah, exactly. And is Anderson Park. You know it. You know. <laughs> so all these things are still there, no matter how much that pretense of trying to be all yeah. prim and proper. Yeah. It's not. None of it ever has been ever. Yeah. It's a lie. So, oh, it's a also, lie. The other thing that song is obviously famous for is the core of a response thing, right? And and the scat. So, you know. It, Does you that know. one change tempo, the original? Towards um, the end? That's a good question. I da, don't da, think da, it does. Da, 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 it doesn't pick up in the same one, right? Yeah. No, it stays the same. <laughs> yeah, um, the song is actually based lyrically on, on an earlier song by an artist known as Frankie Halfpipe Jackson. <laughs> what a cool one, eh? Halfpipe? Uh, Did you say Halfpipe? Halfpipe. Halfpipe. I was going to say what they're doing at Halfpipe. Good to finish a full time. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. um, and the song was called Willie the Weeper. 
Oh, oh, it's been going on forever, hasn't it? It really has. <laughs> Thanks, Martin. Really enjoyed that. Cheers. Brilliant. Mama McCarthy, David. <laughs> I can't wait for your second song. Did you stick with the same artist, mate, or did you go for a different one as well? Somewhat different. Is that Vera? She's under fire. Did, did, did she record that in the 30s, did she? Yeah. Wow. So, yes, Vera Lynn, 1939. Is there anybody here remember Vera Lynn? Yeah, no, <laughs> okay. I went there because it's got that. Especially with the sound effects. Could you hear bombs and planes? Or was yeah. that just me? Do, <laughs> yeah. well, do you, you remember know, that she said we'd meet again? Do you know why the song is so famous, right? Because yeah. of the war. The war. Yeah. Because of the war, yeah. Did you know she passed away in 2020? Yes. 103. Was oh, she? That's yeah, all them know. that's all them lucky strike cigarettes. They were good for you. <laughs> they were. They were. Totally. It's, a, it's, it's a conspiracy. A bit like that. The and round she, chair. Uh, and she never paid for one of them. I need a fan. All the GIs like rushing over and having a moment. <laughs> good, good on you, Vera. Yeah, good you on guys you. Are, you guys are tough. God, you guys are tough. <laughs> You're not as tough as that old bird. <laughs> 103, Jesus. <laughs> I she never knew we'd be laughing about this. Sweet heart for many a soldier in the trenches under fire. Um, Vera Lynn. So, yeah, she recorded this. So it was written in, in 39 by Ross Parker and mm. Huey Charles and um, first recorded later that year by Vera Lynn. Um, interesting, she's American, but this was... Uh, this was big in Britain, just as they were entering World War Two. Um, obviously, you know, hope and resilience and all that sort of carry on. But she was she was the poster poster girl, pin up girl for many a troop. Um, and she would do she would um she would do radio shows right where she would uh um read out letters or something like that to the soldiers. Um, and they'd be able to listen on the on the wireless. Out in the middle of nowhere. Um, yeah, uh, just an amazing, am, amazing time. And and obviously the song sort of hit the airwaves right as you know the world was going to war. So, um, yeah. So I chose uh, "We'll Meet Again" because I think it's one of those iconic songs that mm. became famous in mm. the forties. No, it wasn't until sort of early forties before it started to gain some traction but um yeah that's right she would read letters um from soldiers and play their requested songs she was quite um the pinup girl and, and it's nice to, it's nice to hear the um it's also just it's also a way that she's kind of you know made note of she's kind of written it's it's in song format of what was going on at the time right it's it's mm. kind of there forever 
um, like a poem or, or something like that. It's Actually, great. That, you know, that's you... good point. I'm not sure if, do you guys know? I don't know. Did she write that for the war? I, I don't actually didn't... know. I have no idea. I don't know. I would imagine something. I'm not sure. Guy, the right, so the writers may have gone, hey, here's a trick. There's a walk going on. We'll write a sad song. and make millions. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Great song, though. I it? do. Oh, yeah. You know, beautiful. Coming from the UK as well, I do remember, like, being when I was pretty young, like, that that song was one that just absolutely hit a chord with a certain generation like my grandparents and, and you know, yeah. because, because everyone had been through the war. Because, you know, you go to a party, but, but you know, half past nine when everyone's kind of had a few, that came out, basically, it would go on. And still now in the UK, you know, in pubs and stuff, you know, especially kind of like London, you know, it's kind of synonymous with the Blitz as well. It's mm. got that link. Totally, yeah. It's like, I will survive kind of thing, you yeah. know. And so, yeah, you know, it is one that just, you know, you put the on somewhere over there and, and everybody knows the words, you know, absolutely, yeah. They were grim times. Particularly yeah. in the yeah. in the early parts of the war, up until about yeah. forty two, it was pretty bleak. And for, doc, yeah, she they've um, documented that musically. Mm, that's great. Mm, we'll yeah. meet again. Don't know where. Don't know when. Pretty powerful oh, words. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, dude. You know. Mm. Thanks, Dave. That was awesome. Right, my second song choice. I stuck with Robert Johnson because I like him. <laughs> and, Fair uh, enough. Yeah. In fact, I love him. But, I know. Yeah, it's one of those things. It does, but he, he did do a little variation of the blues. And um, the next song I've chosen is a particular favourite. It's been covered by about eight zillion people. And Eric Clapton 35 times. <laughs> this, this is the original and how it should be played. The last fair deal goes down, and again, he's really highlighting what's going on. If you cry about a nickel, you'll die about a dime. There was no money. They had no money. It was poverty. Mm. It was they were skint. Um, and yeah, I just love the way that they can make it an uplifting. Uh, almost like a shuffle, you know, and musically, if you want to learn something really, 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 really hard on guitar, go and try and play a Robert Johnson song. I didn't realize how much Clapton in his early years copied his vocal styles as well. Oh, what a ripoff! Oh, just complete ripoff. I was gonna yeah. say that, like, I think we just now they're just so accustomed to that auto-tune thing, right? When you hear something like that, yeah. it's so out of whack in places, you know, it's really off-tuning, especially when he goes on high. Mm. But 
it just goes to prove it doesn't matter. You don't no, have to have to, you don't have to be on pitch, right? If you sing like that, mm-hmm. the message gets you, through. Yeah, you got it. You got it. And that's a beautiful thing to hear it stripped back. I love. I love all the modern stuff and all the beefy sounds and the amazing, you know, Fender tweed amps and stuff. I love all that shit, but um, strip, strip it right back. And I equally love that. Nice. Um, yeah. If there was no JJ Cale and Robert Johnson, there probably would be no Eric Clapton. <laughs> anyway, moving on to Glenn. What do you got for us, mate? Billy Holiday um, with Teddy Wilson and his orchestra and she had a number one with that in 1937 so um, yeah Billy Holiday coming through one of the great jazz singers of that time and and continued to be for a little while um, but her flame was only fairly short because of the again drug addiction and um, alcohol issues and other stuff like that um, that that hindered her career actually and um which is really sad um but again i wanted to hear a sort of a vocalist but not ott sort of mm. and then um billy holiday seemed to fit the bill quite nicely for me so that was a, a pleasant surprise um yeah that, that's my my love last it. music choice hey yeah i love it I, I could listen to that all day long and you'll often walk into my barber shop and something like that will be on in the background. Yeah, beautiful music. Makes me want to have a whiskey and a cigarette and one of those long things. A trombone. And a trombone. <laughs> a cigarette and a trombone. <laughs> Look, seriously, that must have been the glory time for horn players, eh? Oh, yeah. totally. Gotcha. Um, and if you, were, if you were a good, what is it, a good hornist? Um, if you had a good horn... Yeah, yeah. If you if you blow a good horn, you if could you get blow, good work. <laughs> good horn. Yeah, you could get great work, eh? And oh, clarinet, yeah. clarinet was a biggie. Oh, again, what, yeah. What? What? Yeah. That's not a horn. That's a different thing. It's a reed, isn't it? Woodwind, yeah. yeah, woodwind. Yeah, wood, yeah, woodwinds and horns. They must have the best time. And nothing. And the muted horn is just. I love that sound. Oh, oh, do you? I don't. I don't oh. mind it. I find it a little bit and cloying and annoying, but um, yeah, yeah. it's alright. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, that was that was Billy Holiday. Loved it. Uh, moving on to Martin Song Three for you, please, sir. Yeah. Well, I've done two from movies, so let's do another one from a movie. Because there was a lot of movie songs. Oh, that were, I mean, 
albums and let's get this let's let's just get this right for people listening albums in the 30s because when did long play albums lps come into format the 50s 50s, 50s. Yeah. so yeah. a lot of this stuff you don't it was hard to buy a obviously a full album of stuff 78 uh, yeah. 78s so and again you know yeah it makes it makes it slightly more challenging for guys yeah, like us and with movies which was really cool they could make some money off them because there were no dvd mm. sales or video sales That's but right. if you had some killer songs boom um boom that that would keep going the sheet music and all mm. of the uh, the the spin some of the albums yeah no it was um good money to be made off that yeah and this film definitely uh probably made some money off of the soundtrack definitely um so yeah, let's just see if I queued this up right. What are you getting the old seventy eight? Ain't no trick to get rich quick. If you dig, dig, dig with a shovel or a pick. In a mine, in a mine, in a mine, in a mine, where a million diamonds shine. We dig, 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 dig from So everyone kind of knows that bit, right? The dig, dig, dig bit. But like halfway through, it changes songs, right? And suddenly we get... Hi-ho! Oh. <laughs> Hi-ho! Martin, you've you've basically segged beautifully into my um, our, um, movie choice this week. Fantastic. You've just you've just stumbled into what I would regard as the Avatar of the Thirties. We'll get to that. Oh. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. Let's, I've got a I've got a challenge for you you three. You're all city slickers, aren't you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I would love. Oh my god! And I would so do this if someone challenged me to it. Walk down the busy street of Wellington in the morning with your coffee and your man bag, and just, just at the top of your oh, voice, oh, 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 <laughs> and see if anybody echoes it around you, man. And you know, and you know what? In Wellington, you may get that, but on the whole, everyone would be like too cool for school, and you wouldn't hear anything. Oh, I, suck. I, they're just so cool. I mean, I caught the train they home in my stormtrooper suit, and not. There may be occasional little look, but everyone's just way too cool for school for it. Eh? If, nah, if somebody nothing, high hose, if some, if somebody high hose you, you've got to high hose them back. I think that's a great way to do. That's a great way to start the day. Just give a yell yeah, out down Lambton Key. Hi ho! That's oh, one for our coffee in hand. Yeah, Whoa. one for our listeners. If, <laughs> that's a rule now, a rule of the show. If anybody high hose, if any, if, if any, if yeah, if anybody high hose you, you should high ho back. Definitely got a high ho back. Been, I've been down like Tiara Park, and there's plenty of high hose. <laughs> <laughs> oh. 
Oh, David, that's nasty. I'm just saying, I, I've, seen the most, nasty, I've seen the most Saturday mornings when I take the kids over to Martin's for piano lessons that I sort of oh, going oh. home about 9 a.m. in the morning. Oh, any fa- any fabes? Nah, <laughs> <laughs> Minnie the Mooch, yeah? She Minnie damn it. Winnie the Weeper. Oh, we better move on. It's getting yeah. mad. David, David, David. Yeah. Martin, was there any final notes on that song? Sorry. Um, not really. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a classic, right? That whole soundtrack is a classic, you know, and again, know. like from all of the repeats of it come, coming back to the movies, you know, it wasn't on home video and stuff. When Even when we were kids, it wasn't, you know, you had to go to the movies to see Snow White, right? It's like a rite of passage. Mm. But yeah, those songs stick with you, you know? Because the, there's no, the, the soundtrack carries the entire film. There's no um, pause. There's no effects. There's only minimal, minimal effects. The music is everything. There's, I thought it was way later than that. The no, whole... 1937. Yeah, the Avatar, yeah. Avatar of the 30s. David. Um, 39, this song's written. Written by Harold Arlen. Music and, uh, yep, Harburg, the lyrics. Originally intended as a lullaby. For the lead character of this movie um it's been covered god knows how many times over the years right um but originally was meant well it was originally cut um or was going to be cut from the final film um role um as i thought um the execs i mean goes to show what they know i thought it slowed the pace of the story down too much um it's now been um for what it's worth, in 2001, uh, Recording Industry Association of America named it the greatest movie song of all time. Inducted into the Grammy Damn. Hall of Fame. What is wow. it? So, um, <clears throat> what is it? What is it? Oh, yeah. yeah, it had to be. Go, Judy. Seventeen. 16, 17 when she sang. And I love, I love that song. She, she passed. She died at forty-seven. Guys, mm. fellas, she had such a hard life. You, um, mm. Was it you, Glenn, that mentioned? Who was talking about drugs and oh, substance abuse? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, um, can't go yeah, past Judy. Judy, same, Judy, Judy yeah. had a bloody tough time from a very from this age basically she was um body shamed by the dickheads on this on the movie you know the the exec and the and the um, executive in the movies and the end of the film industry and she turned to drugs and um alcohol substance abuse um pretty sad but yeah this is obviously classic and mm. a very very good tune mm. it's a beautiful song beautiful yeah. It, it, yeah, f- for me that song. Yeah, I can listen to that out of the out of context from the movie, mm-hmm. and still oh, yeah, be yeah. still be yeah, touched yeah. by it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, factoid: a lot of the uh, I have read this. A lot of the I don't want to just say black artists, but they were definitely uh, targeted. But a lot of those artists of that time were paid in heroin and drugs so that was a way to control them get them hooked you've got them 
and you then feed them. What a waste. But uh, anyway, it made it, it is what it is. It is, it did what it did. And that's what we got out of it. So that was, that was great, Dave. Thanks for that. I'll give you my uh, final song here now, which is again, Robert Dijon song. And uh, this song's called They're Red Hot. Hot the mother than the red hot, yeah, she got them for sale. Hot the mother than the red hot, yeah, she got them for sale. I got a good, such a long and tall, she sleeps in the kitchen with a piece in the hall. Hot the mother than the red hot, yeah, she got them for sale, I mean. Beautiful. A little yeah. ditty by Robert Johnson. Yeah. The blues is so, so associated with like sad stuff, right? But then, man, <laughs> those kind of songs, yeah, and like, you know, it immediately takes me back to like the Van Halen albums with like Ice Cream Man and Big Bad Bill and all of that stuff, right? It's, yeah. I know. Yep. Yeah. You need it. You can't always listen to sad stuff or with too many yeah. minors. That, that's good. Yeah, yeah and, and he's... Uh, as an artist, Robert Johnson, he was a big shot in his day. I mean, he was, uh, I read that he sold 5,000. They did, they, they did it in, I think it was nine pressings. But in total, I think there was 5,000 sales in America. And that, and that apparently was huge for its day. And, um, yeah, and, and sadly, he got no, basically none of it and he died a year later. Um, yeah, but... It's great that it's all recorded down there. So go and check those songs out, listeners, and, and enjoy oh. some of that 30s goodness, the stripped-backed goodness of where we all came from. <laughs> I, I wonder if you've got any, um, any favourite 30s stuff, maybe song links. Might be nice if you want to stick them on our Facebook page. Listeners, whack them up there because we can always check them out. And... Uh, yeah, it's good night from me and the guys, I guess. Good night, everyone. Good night. Thanks, Ian. Good job. Good night, guys. <laughs> <laughs>